cooler things that I got to do actually at last night's meetup and funny enough I'm going to treat you guys to the story real quick fuck it that's how we're going to open up the show is uh, so and I, and I still can't believe that I told this story um, but back in the day when I worked at Game Crazy because we were just I don't know like how it came up but we were telling like uh, retailer horror stories um, I was basically telling the story about how we were starting to get within the area hit by a lot of like armed robbery and theft. So my manager at the time had the like bright idea and, and granted I use that with very heavy air quotes bright idea to uh, basically buy a BB gun and to uh, essentially not not legitimately use it as a BB gun but as a means to deceive the fact that they had we had a real ass gun with real ass bullets that could fucking like do real ass damage and we always laugh and scoff and we're like no dude we're not going to fucking point a gun at somebody like we're in the wild west if they like you know fuck that like i and again, this also, a lot of it had to do with me. I'm to blame because I think I have definitely told this story in the show. I TJ hookered fucking like over the counter to apprehend a shoplifter who I like was about to make off of the PS2 that I stupidly put on the counter. And we're not, we have a no chase policy, but like I was fucking sheriff of that town that night. So like I, I wasn't going to let that fly. So that sh- happened shortly after that. Um, so... You know, one fateful encounter, and it was fucking ridiculous. Uh, uh, Game Crazy had a no satisfaction guaranteed on any of their used sales, so they're like, you know, fucking, that's why we have all these PlayStations. Um, not actual PlayStations, but stations where you can play uh, any of the games that you buy before you, or you know, try it before you buy it so you can fucking walk home and feel like no buyer's remorse in the process. Um, dude bought Dragon, uh, Double Dragon Shadows Fall, like Double Dragon 5 for the Super NES. And, you know, I, and I asked him, like, are you familiar with him? Like, yeah, it's Double Dragon. I'm like, well, it's not really. It's it's a shitty fighting game. But he was so insistent on getting it. And buys it. Um, and the game, it was, it was fucking, like, gouged as far as value. Like, Game Crazy, I remember selling it for, like, fucking 20 bucks. So, he comes back, like, an hour and a half later, and, like, we also booted it up. I booted it up real quick just to make sure, you know, it works. Comes back and says it, it freezes at a certain moment. And my manager was with me at the time, and, like, he wasn't buying it. And if he wasn't there, I would have just fucking taken the return. Because I'm like, dude, whatever. Like, I, I don't get a lot of returns anyway, so why, why fucking deal with the hassle? But my manager was just very insistent and in just being a dickhead about it and saying, no, like, I, I want tell me where it freezes. We got to that point, and... Essentially, like, that's where an all-civilty fucking went out the window, and the dude was super screaming, and I, I, I didn't really give a description as of this point of this dude, but no joke, he looked like the stereotypical gangbanger that you would see, like, in fucking, like, Cheech and Ch- or, like, Cheech's movie, like, Cheech Marin's, like, East L.A., yeah. or something like that, or fucking, like, 
some stereotypical gangbanger from like fucking Beverly Hills cops. Did, did he go all Jan Michael Vincent? That's what I want. To do. Yeah, it's something about like around yeah. that level. So, what had escalated it, at this point? It went into some fucking hilarity because like a dude was screaming as he walked out, uh, you know, squeezing the fucking game that we wouldn't take back in return. But then he goes into his fucking trunk. And he opens up his trunk, and we're, like, creeped out. We're like, oh, fuck. And then, like, Jeremy's, like... She, like, Jeremy's no fucking fighter. Like, this dude's got absolutely no will to, like, stand up in a conflict. And I shit you not, like, I really wish I was making this fucking story up. But the dude pulls out the shittiest, like, fucking flea market katana... That you can fucking come across, like, this shitty ninja sword that, like, you would see peddled off of a fucking beach towel in San Francisco. Aluminum foil. Yeah, well, no. Aluminum foil was a Ninja Turtles cosplay sword. No, like, it's like, it's like one of those thick steel swords, but, like, the ones that wouldn't cut shit if you swung it with all your fucking might against something. And he comes back yelling and saying, what's up, cabron? You know what's up? What's up? And, like, he's screaming something along that lines. Jeremy is shaking. He, like, he looks like that fucking dog sheriff from, like, American Tale, Five Goes West, when he's, like, trying to get his shit together with Tiger. Like, yeah, like, he's shaking with the BB gun, and all he can scream repeatedly is, You feeling lucky? You feeling lucky? And, like, I'm just standing there, and I don't know, like, I'm trying to think. And what's funny... The best part is, like, I'm getting a text message from the Hollywood video manager who's seeing all this from his side. He's just like, dude, do you want me to call the cops or something? I'm like, I kind of want to see how long this goes, dude. Give it, like, five minutes. So eventually... putting the crazy in the word game crazy. And, yeah, it was fucking ridiculous. Eventually, Jeremy, like, did a... Ah! And, like, he, like, looked like he was going to squeeze the trigger or something. He's just like... Yo, fuck this, Holmes! And he throws the sword into, like, our fucking shelf, runs out, peels out of the parking lot, and then that's that. And, like, yeah, he's so goddamn angry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the assistant manager uh, basically had to step in and take over for him because he was just so emotionally overwhelmed with the situation that he couldn't even finish the shift. I was a shift leader. Like, this is before I became an assistant manager alongside the other one at the time. So... <laughs> The next day, and, and granted, this is the same asshole who's in charge of my hours. So the next day, the district manager comes in and tries to take account for the whole situation. And is asking for my perspective on it. And I'm just like, Jim, you know, and like, I'm sorry I wouldn't tell you about it. But really, Jeremy was a hero. He like, he made sure I was safe. Everybody, because like, I, I don't think you understand that in like, we have the shittiest security cameras. So it looked like a real ass sword. It looked like this. It seriously looked like we were about to be killed by like some fucking gangbanger strung on some LSD fueled justice. Like this dude was insane. The whole situation looked insane. And yeah, I basically stood by and totally fabricated the entire situation. And even then, like he could have looked at the footage and kind of got an idea. But yeah, we made. I made that dude look like a hero, and I guaranteed myself full time because of that. Okay, you know what the lesson learned here is: do not buy Double Dragon Five. I've yeah. 
You should tell that story. It's like this was the last battle of Game Crazy. I was there on the final days. <laughs> this was this was back. This was on a red faction guerrilla when it went on sale and everybody was barren and yeah, it was. Yeah, I don't know. I it, 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 we we had some shit that came through to that store. Like I know I told the Dune sixty four story before uh, on the show, but like it was just funny that I I, I don't know why. I didn't tell that story to begin with, but it was always like, you know, now that like the the whole corporation behind Game Crazy, like that's fucking dead. Hollywood video's dead. Like those motherfuckers, like there aren't even collection agencies trying to like, you know, act upon like fucking stolen goods or owed debt. Like oh, yeah. it's just dead. Like our Hollywood video is now some shitty dollar store. So like it, and even then. I don't know. I just I just feel like you know fucking Game Rush or GameStop would never get something that well maybe, but who knows? Anyway, I, all I know is you know if you run into like some dude talking like that owning a cheap katana, I'd be like, what kind of neighborhood are you living in? I mean, I mean, I can assume that it hurts if it were to be swung into you, but like, I, I, it wasn't We're gonna fuck. With a non-sharp metal object, you jerk. Yeah, like I knew none of us were gonna go to emergency from the fucking whole ordeal, so like, it worked out that way. Like, I couldn't even cut a salami. <laughs> Is that what, what kind of salami do you cut to where like, <laughs> like anyway? <laughs> Just we've like, got to compare bad, delis. It, it sounds like a really bad flea market demo. I'd be like, it slices. Wait, no, it doesn't. No, the only thing I remember of Game Crazy is I was interning at G4, and uh, the news editor is like, "Wow, Game Crazy is going down. I better better write this up." And I, I was just an intern, but for some reason, my brain goes, "Do you really?" <laughs> and he's just we just just long pause and looks at me and says. No, I guess not. And we just he just stopped writing it just midway through. But that's my only game crazy story. I have. My game crazy. Well, story see, that's because see the difference in that story is that you said you were interning at you know G four and not Kotaku. Because if you were at Kotaku, yeah, that would have gone. gone you wouldn't write a story about butts, then written about game crazy. Well, that's what that's what journalistic integrity gets you. It just gets you bankrupt. And stories about chance. butts. <laughs> um, I wrote about game. Well, I, I'm the only game crazy story I have is it was an interesting fight. Two customers that come in. They were during their closure days and everything like that, and they got into a fight over a one dollar copy of Dead or Alive Ultimate. Oh, I understand. Fuck yeah! <laughs> the best. I will alive. take you down. I will. I would jump on your face like a zombie and slam you down. Uh, down. yeah. You have no idea. That is the $1. best Dead or Alive game. One dollar. That's I a steal. Away with the copy, which is Why did I just give it away for free? Because they were closing down and none of the games were selling, so they closed Xboxes. You know, one dollar. Yeah, that was all after my time because after that, like, I was offered a position at Warehouse Music, which this was before it became Fye, and I'm just like, fuck it, like, because it was it was going down, like, pretty much, like, my manager, that same corrupt one, was planning to fire me over a discrepancy in hours, and like, this dude, like, he was like. He, it was like he was the, the shittiest Dova King of, like, the Skyrim that was our game crazy. Like, he was corrupt as fuck. He abused every... Like, any Stole point that the they... Off, of Uncle Buck. Like, anytime there was a sale that happened for the weekend that you can only do once per the weekend, like, he would use all of our employee accounts so that way he could do multiple sales. And he used that in exchange and, like, almost ransomed our hours, being like, you do this, I'll guarantee you hours. Like... Like, the fact that we had to fucking fight for this. Because, like, dude, I'm I'm 18 paying for this school, kind of, moving out. This kind of sounds like the, the, like the plot line for a Seth Rogen comedy. 
Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, that part. fucking dude working there on his it, it was more like a Kevin Smith like comedy. Oh, so a good one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not even supposed to be here today. Oh. But anyway, you're listening to Press Buzz Radio Pax Prime 2014. I was ask, like, how is this the intro to the Pax? <laughs> Eric's just sitting there, be like, so do like, we get get started? I have no idea, like how this intros are talking about packs. Like, what what brought up that story? So one time, it got stuck in an elevator. Well, at one point, dude, we've introduced this show like off of like the heels of like shitty like Tumblr blogs and like. Pornhub comments, so I'm pretty sure like this we is definitely get in on an episode. This is a quality show. Yeah, we. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure this is like we probably the most on track show we've we've done so far. So let's fucking get this thing rolling. So we've got a, a full lineup. We're gonna go ahead and go clockwise, and we're gonna try to get some semblance before we fucking drive Shidoshi crazy. So we're gonna go ahead and introduce them. Tell us who you are and why everyone should care. Aren't you going counterclockwise? I am going counterclockwise. I am Shidoshi. I work for EGM, Electronic Game Monthly. I have done Game Fan, Play Magazine, and a bunch of podcasts. I'm on the internets. Lots of other stuff. All right. Next up, Robert, the DCD workman. I work over at Prima Games, Shack News, Retro Magazine, and New Eggs Game Crate site. I also drink. Some fucking loser. Moving on. The original Sarah purveyor of shmupping goodness for five years via Bullet Heaven HD and director of creative content at Press Pause Radio. Yeah, you you can know who that guy is. That's me. Yeah. So so you're okay with shmup? All the time. Because some people don't like shmup. Uh, I love shmup. I have a iPad full of shmup. Because I, when I was working at EGM, I, not EGM, a game fan, I would swear that that ECM, our our old new boss, like he hated the word shmup and he would never use it. He got mad at you if you used shmup. Shmup is practically a real. It's it's short for shoot 'em up. Shoot 'em up, yeah. Silver gun, Icarus, stuff like that. Yeah, just Gradius, R type. Those kind because of things. It, it, it used to be, it used to be the shooters were the real shooters, like <laughs> yeah. those kind of games, and then all these Call of Duties and Battlefields and stuff. Like, yeah, Zoom. see, the bull, now they're known as the bullet hell shooters. Yeah. So, uh, so, so, yeah, so but, uh, well, some, 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 there are some that are like parodious, right? but like yes. never bullet hell. No. So, right, so, exactly. yeah, so Call of Duty, all those, those kind of first-person shooters came along, and those were now shooters. They have a new term. Yeah. Um. No, those are bro games, dude. Yeah. Like, where have you? Gross. Where have you Gross. been? Gross. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. I mean, with with shoot 'em ups, especially when you're writing them, uh, writing about them, writing out shoot 'em up with the hyphenation properly is just a pain in the arse. So yeah, shmup works. Arse. It fits the bill. Yeah. Arse. Yeah, arse. arse. Is, That's uh, why I use the word. Are you from? Line? The other side of the pond there? Yeah, but let's just continue our introductions. We're leaving this guy out of the way. Oh, uh, sorry. Uh, Quinn Sullivan from Operation Supply Drop and Front Towards Gamer. We're, um, Operation Supply Drop is a military gaming charity. We send uh, video game care packages to soldiers deployed overseas. And uh, Front Towards Gamer is Operation Supply Drop Media Wing. And I'm also on the podcast of Front Towards Gamer, Front Towards Gamer Radio. He also collects monster hunter toys. 
Uh, that is... Yes, this is true. <laughs> uh, no, it wasn't for me. It was for a friend of mine. He was at Comic Con and <laughs> turn around his head for no reason. No, it's like I buy a, a Monster Hunter toy and an egg for Quinn to hang out. I'm bringing it to a party. Be like, I'm carrying around a fucking egg at Comic Con. I'm, I'm sorry, that was the most excited Shidoshi's been about the podcast so far. You call it This is worth my time. Come on, let's have a forum here. I introduced Derek. Come on. Yeah, no, we're getting there. Uh, excuse the squeak. I know, right? I need a new mic stand. What is that? Uh, and I am Derek Ford, recipient of uh, one of the donations from Operation Supply Drop, and I'm also a uh, gaming writer at Front Towards Gamer. Derek is our second thank you deployment, and he's uh, we sent him over here to PAX Prime to just stick around and have a good time. My first PAX, man. Yeah, it's his first one. Yeah, too. actually, yeah, fuck everybody for a second, because that's the most important part. I love having people, like, talk in the podcast when they experience PAX for the first time, so please, like, I know, right? So. <laughs> like... If you can put that in the background, oh, this entire like description is If we do it 29 seconds longer, then we might get taken down. So we gotta watch it. Wolverine, it feels like the second time. <laughs> it feels like the third time. God, this is boring. Like Man, the sequel of that song gets really depressing after a while. But yeah, like talk to me, like. So how's Pax been? I mean, we're we're on Sunday just to date ourselves a little bit. So we're already like fucking feeling like the grudge. Yeah, def- definitely fatigued uh, from walking around. Uh, but man, I live in San Diego, so you know Comic Con comes every year, and every year it's just a nightmare. But being at Pax seems like way more relaxed, more about the fans rather than about the celebrities. You know, more about people having fun. And it's been awesome, you know. I've gotten my hands on so many games that I'm looking forward to coming out, you know, this fall. Example. Uh, hey, the uh, remastered Master Chief Collection. Master Chief Collection. I was really surprised. Evolve, but that's next year now. Son of a bitch. Well, you had a, you had the best demo of Evolve possible too. Oh yeah. We we had an exhibition match with uh, uh, Greg Miller as he played the monster, and it was. We had Robert Prodigy X, who is a pro gamer, uh, first-person shooter, as their coach, and then uh, somebody from Lucky Strike, who is an MLG uh, professional, or was an MLG professional, is now in charge of the Lucky Strike clan. And uh, then it was Shanghai and him, and they kicked his ass. I, so. uh, I, I kind of <laughs> want to mention because, like, I, I've been championing Evolve like since we like I first saw it at PAX East, and like they 2k just came out and kind of discussed like how they're going to handle content and i think it's fucking beautiful I, I haven't heard anything about so it. what they're going to do is they're going to provide all maps free the yeah. paid content is going to come through buying individual monsters and hunter classes instead and like well the, the way they're handling it too is they're not gating like anyone who doesn't purchase the content right. uh they're allowing you to play against it and so that way you can like even get an idea of whether or not you should buy it, but you'll be able to play against it and like never be gated towards like anything at all or any any potential like matchup, especially maps. See, and that's the way to do it. Yeah. You don't want to like have content that like negates the general experience. You want something that adds to it, and you know like not everybody is going to be able to afford that or add onto it or anything like that. So you want to keep the core experience intact. Well, and, and, you and, know and what it is? It's it's the League of Legends approach. It is. Uh, just put it that way, but it's simple as you, you play these characters for three, for three days, 
then the new one comes out, and you can play with that one, but you don't have it doesn't begin new experience. We don't buy an entire new uh, an entirely new character, and the maps are free as well. Mm-hmm. A new map, a new mode, and everything. Yeah, the the, the map thing's a, a big problem in in a lot of games because it ends up like splintering the community. So you have like the haves and have nots, yeah. you know, and so like anybody who hasn't purchased a map, um, you know, they they are suddenly cut off from all those those players who who do jump on. And I remember, I don't remember if it was Uncharted two or three where I bought one of the map packs, mm-hmm. and I really rarely do that, but I did, and I went in, and there was almost like nobody playing, and so I'm like, great, I spent this like eight, ten bucks, whatever it was, on these maps, and there's 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 nobody in there. You know, something that would be ideal, Squeak, uh, you know, something that would be ideal, like a demo day. Like, demo the new content. Be like, we'll give you 24 hours access and everything like that, and if you want to keep the access, then sure, you know, pay five bucks or whatever, anything like that. Give them a taste of what the, the value of the DLC is worth, I, is worth, I say. I think it's a great idea. You know, gives it's kind of a sampler, but... Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I would say that, that maps should always be free, because, mm-hmm. like I said, you do not want to have... Well, I'm talking about the classes and the right. monsters. But, but, yeah, but then, like, things that do enhance the game in, in that way, like classes, outfits, new monsters, customization, maybe new weapons or whatever, as long as they can keep a balance, is, like, have that stuff be paid, but maps, I think, are one of the worst things to make DLC. Yeah. You, you know what, and uh, I just want to... Breaking news, uh, one of the monsters will be mod- modeled after uh, Stephen Mashuga. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know the point that I kind of like. I wanted to add on to Rob's point that like I, I'm seeing more developers embrace, and honestly, I've seen it like originate at Steam is they do like free weekends, and yeah. generally, yeah, they'll get yeah, like those are fun. and and they are, and then like I you know like I've bought uh, like I bought's not a word, but I purchased I bought yeah bought uh, yeah there we go, uh, but I I've, I've purchased. Uh, several different games. Like, I'm trying to remember the last game. Funny enough, um, and it's not the, the most wisest purchase, but the one that comes, like, directly was Brink before it became dirt cheap. But I remember when, yeah, but, I mean, in situations like that, and I'm trying to remember, too, um, shit, man, I don't know if it was, like, a Huxley or some, it, it was some shooters, like, that usually have, like, those free weekends. Yeah, like, I, nothing directly comes to mind. But uh, you get the idea. You, I can tell you what mine was. Uh, mine was Eve. I, I played the free weekend of Eve. I played two days. And it took me, like, an entire day to be like, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> and, like, through day two, I'm like, okay, I I can see where I'm going with this. And then day three, and I'm like, all right, I'll just buy it and just sub for one month. Let's just see what happens. Day Second month comes around, I'm like, okay, the corporation's going to shit. I, I'm in this massive battle now in this galaxy, and I don't know what I'm doing. And that was my free weekend experience right there. See, it, I, it got me hooked on Eve. I so. love reading stories about Eve, but it seems like it's a game that I don't even know how I would Do play. Do you want to hear an Eve story? Sure. All right. So right after this, have you you know the battle of uh, the battle that massive battle that happened um, a couple months ago? You may have heard something about yeah, it. I think so. Yeah. So our corporation took part in that, and our corporation is a mercenary corporation. And uh, we were hired by uh, Goon Squad, I want to say it was. And they're one of the larger corporations yeah. out there. Thank you, sir. And um, uh, they were like, we, we just we need some reinforcements. And we just need some scouting to happen. And, you know, we weren't particularly powerful. They, this Goon Squad has like two or three Titans. We didn't. We were working on our first. And we're like, all right, no problem. 
And so I'm scouting them with this one hypergate area, and, and to travel between uh, sectors or galaxies, you have to jump from hypergate to hypergate. And so I'm just scouting stealth mode right there, and all of a sudden, all by its lonesome, it comes a Titan. And I'm like, oh shit, I gotta tell everybody over Mumble. And so I'm like, guys, you're not gonna believe what just fucking popped up. I found a Titan. Get the fuck over here. And they're like, alright, we're all on our way. And I just so, want to picture, like, a montage of, like, everybody enjoying, like, actual real day-to-day -day life. Like, this one <laughs> dude was, like, getting, like, a rag of Jergens ready. This other woman's having, like, a nice dinner with, um, like, family. And I then just... they drop every, like, it's just, like, fucking National Lampoon's ass montage collection <laughs> of, like, everybody fucking running with, like, Benny Hill in the background. That's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. I mean, the policies of intergalactic politics is very complex to <laughs> But, <laughs> but to get into it, um, uh, so the Titan was there, all undefended, which is the dumbest thing you could do. A Titan is really powerful when it is used in other scenarios. Uh, by itself, it can be very vulnerable. So it was by itself, and we were just fucking stoked. So we go over and uh, suddenly one ship shows up, and the, and the Titan just takes it on. We're like, all right. Then suddenly uh, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, and then all 50 of us are just swarming this Titan, and we absolutely destroy it. And that uh, corporation, to get onto that story later, but uh, let me just go back afterwards. We uh, looted it, and we uh, built our Titan, and uh, so that significantly reduced the time speed from like six months maybe to down, down to like two months. Well, two months passed by, and we're about to, like, cut the ribbon on, like, oh, this Titan's almost ready. And all of a sudden, the fucking corporation, who we took the Titan from, comes in where we're in this, into the shipyard where we're building our Titan, destroys all of our resources, all of our infantry, all of our all of our guilds, ships. They went ships. game crazy on you. And they, they went game crazy. <laughs> yes. They went game crazy on you. They came in with the katana. Is that going to be a <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, it was just like the biggest... No, shit! Our Titan is gone! We lost everything! And the corporation... I mean, you don't lose, like, the title or the name or anything, but the corporation is pretty much useless at that point. And we've had... We had subsidiaries that we brought on, and so we all just kind of scattered and did our thing, but... You're this fucking close, man. You're getting a Titan and actually being something in the fucking game. It really pisses me off. The fact that this is an actual game that exists and people get this. I mean, like, you read stories about, like, how many thousands of dollars have been lost and everything. And just, like, the 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 corporate espionage and people sending That's in... the fucking thing! We know who did it, too! And I'm gonna go, if I ever see him! <laughs> you stole my fucking power. Wait, so you're gonna have, like, this really, like, oh, aloof... The warriors, when we find them, we're going to rape Better fucking watch out, God. We don't know where he is in game, but that's probably. We actually, dude, hey, we would be careful. Is. We almost had like a Wario's, uh, a warrior <laughs> scenario. Look at me! I'll steal your corporation! I'm a gonna weed. Oh! That's Wario plural. I was thinking like Warriors with Cheerios. <laughs> Come on, play. The Warriors. No, uh, we almost had a Warriors esque situation like at the very beginning of PAX, and actually, I got more information on that. By the way, Robert. So there was there was a fucking group of people like, thank God, it, it kind of like, and it, it the nonsense about it. And normally, I don't I don't want to like feed into it, you know. But I just oh. I feel like it's bare mentioning. But there's a group of people that actually were. Planning to take to arms and protest any media on so site. Were they actually here? Yes, and oh they God, yeah, and I they got shut that. down. Yeah, and they got shut down by enforcers right away. Wow! And they were Reddit like, there's basically been like I said this really horrible shitty campaign. And what's funny is like 
Like, Zoe Quinn, is, is she actually here? She's yeah. here. Yes. Oh, she? oh, okay, yeah. So, she's facing this fire, which is kind of ridiculous. I mean, yeah, and then, like, there are people that, like, are shooting Reddit threads. or like, I have a source that says that she's going to stage an attack I'm and gonna blame... I'm going to walk in with a katana and do this. <laughs> Uh, or no, that uh, and she's gonna stage an attack and like you know credit that it was a bunch of angry white male gamers so she can gain sympathy for her cause. What fucking cause? What the fuck is like any you know, of this? People, here's the thing: a lot of people are bagging on game journalism and you know its legitimacy and everything like that. But the thing is, they're a lot of these people are just bitter. You know, they read Kotaku and they think, oh, that's video game journalism? They're talking about butts? Oh, well, fuck this, you know, and everything like that. And they're, they're really bagging on the wrong issues here. The truth is, a lot of us journalists, we, we bust our... I mean, I, I can call myself a journalist because I actually work for Shaq News and all that. <laughs> so, you know, not to be a jackass, not like <laughs> talking from a legitimate side, I can say I bust my ass, but by the same token... I'm still a human being. I don't say, yes, I'm above you. Let me come into your Borderlands appointment while you sit out here and do nothing. Oh, well, I totally do that. I, yeah, well, I split you, the peons. Well, I'm like, fucking peons. Yeah, you're the... You're, you're fuck you. You're oh, fucking yeah. it up. I'm a, journal, I'm a journalist. You're an asshole. We just classified that. So, um, no. I'm your just, line is still a bit blurred, but go on. <laughs> no, I, I can be an asshole. It just happens. But, uh, at least I don't work at Game I eat what you said. I don't no, work no, there no, anymore. No, but, but the thing is, but the thing is, the thing is, I think a lot of people just don't see. They, I'm still wearing they, a they consider, polo shirt under all of this. They, they just consider game journalism the certain line that everybody follows. But I think there are a lot of different types of journalists out there. You know, there are people who come into this industry for the wrong reasons. I do see that. They're like, ah, I posted this thing on my mommy's blog. Does that mean I get a free game? Yeah, thanks. I mean, Borderlands well, pretty cool. Like what happens at E3? Exactly. It's a little more restrictive, though. But you, you know, that's the thing that I've always that I'm gradually like dreading with every passing year of PAX. That PAX is slowly becoming E3, and like, thank God, like hearing like his excitement and his like childlike wonder as like, oh, it's cool. I got to meet people and talk. He's like, they still do that here, which is amazing, but it gets so overshadowed. Well, here's the thing with E3: is E3 supposed to be a trade show, but. It, like Rob said, it's very much like whoever wrote on their mommy's blog for write a video yeah, game I review. Mean, they, they, their elective process is, is a little questionable. You know, like they they look for the, like the higher hits and everything like that. You know, like more popular sites like IGN or EGM or something like that. You know, it's like you know they have a bigger audience and everything like that. But if you established like, oh, I posted about Super Smash Brothers on my mother's Tumblr page, that's uh, not going to. Well, cut. I mean, to, so I'm not part of IGN or Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, but like hard. front towards gamer, like we have people who work really hard, and you could well, easily go into stuff like this as well. Sure, I'm just saying that's the, the whole point about video game journalism. People dismiss it in a certain way because certain outlets don't really cover it the right way. You know, it's like Kotaku posted a story about butts, and I'm like, I've got man, that butt to do. story that's really like about fucking left you that hour. Journalistic news. It's about right. my butts. Oh. Wait, now, to be fair here, I mean, you have, but, people, you have, I know, you have but... people like Jason Schreier over at Kotaku who are doing really good really job. Yeah, good no, like, I, 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 they like, have a joke. wide variety of things. I joke they around do, about but Kotaku. Then I something about bots. But, yeah, but, I mean, but, so what? I mean, I, I think, I think they should be fair, they should be allowed to, to have that kind of variety, because that's one of the reasons I go to Kotaku is because... They have I expect the story of Bud. I'm just saying some something so, the, so the way it's journalism. Uh, so long as it's not too tongue in cheek. 
<laughs> I mean, yeah. Jesus I'm Christ! I'm drinking um, here. I'm specifically with uh, like Jason Schreider. Yeah, he does very good stuff. He yeah. was the one who also did the story on Crytek, if I remember. Like, yeah, right. let's just be clear. Like, I I always like rib them in jest, but I still like I very much respect Kotaku and what they do. Yeah, and like, have good post. I'm just saying, like, some people just take like certain stories and say, like, "Oh, that's game journalism." Well, fuck that. Yeah. The, the thing is, you know, like I write special stuff. I mean, I do reviews and everything like that, but I also do, like, special time, you know, like, retro, I, I do, like, specials all the time, like, tributing Battletoads, doing this, doing that, you know, pointing out stuff that's classic in the industry and pointing out stuff that's important to the industry, and I mean, I'm sure Eric does his fair share at EGM as well, you know, and Quinn, when you think of creative stuff for, for a gamer, obviously you do it for it too, but, I mean, it's like, some people just take this certain example from game journalism and they say, oh, that's it, that's what game journalism is like, well, fuck this, and, and they don't take a look at the spectrum. It's just game journalism is also kind of like Identity crisis as well. I mean, it is kind well, of evolving. Some people are in it for the wrong industry, but not all people. I'm talking. I'm not talking about the people who get in it for the wrong reasons. I'm just talking about journalism in general. I mean, it really much is changing from you know written work to new media, from to oh, yeah. you know the digital podcasts, and YouTube videos, all that stuff. I mean, look at Giant Bomb, for example. I mean, they really have focused on their personalities oh, instead yeah. of focusing on their brand. I'm just saying they focus more on their personalities, and that's the way that games journalism is going. I mean, suddenly you're going to see these people who focus on their brands go the way the Dodo Bird. I mean, obviously, like, IGN and GameSpot will survive, but I'm not so sure when see, it comes there, to places there's a, like... There's a system of checks and balances that I kind of want to interject with, because me, to me personally, and being somebody who's wanted to break into it for years and years and years and coming this far, I think the biggest issue with games journalism is that without even realizing it, and, and honestly like this whole situation is actually compounding an already existing issue like a lot of journalists or even like like the the manner in which they conduct themselves they all treat it like it's a secret fucking club that they kind of hold in this elitist fashion and it and it's and it's troublesome like i i think yeah like i i think journalists should all share and granted like I especially this weekend, you know, with the press pause radio coverage, we've dealt with our fair share of trolls because of the ongoing, you know, friends at Twinfinite have. I can, I don't even know what kind of harassment you guys seen. Like, it, it was that, and then I remember we were at the free play room, and uh, Sarah, you weren't there for that, but like, there were people that were like about to like take controllers from us, and then they took controllers from other media people. They remember the Dreamcast controllers are taken, and that oh, guy yeah, skull. Yeah. They took them from another, like, group of media players. And this is, like, at late. Like, you know, the floor's done. There's no way we can do appointments. You know, we like to have fun, too. And the kid, like, was starting a scene. And I quote said, well, whatever. They're media people. They don't count. They get paid to play games. You know? Like, and I can understand that, like, I think there's just, like, this stigma just because, again, the, the air in which, like, this career carries itself. And granted, we, you know in order to have a voice and actually get people to give a shit about our perspectives or opinions yeah it's heavily encouraged to have a personality and like you know and be you know public friendly whether you're in front of a camera or on a mic for example however it's i feel like this like this perception of 
requiring this larger-than-life personality in order to fucking make big in this business in turn has this negative effect of going to that individual's head. And, you know, there are times that I think journalists, without even intending to be shitty, can be shitty and kind of sour, like, any rapport they may have with people that do, like, follow their work. I think what it is, you, you have to stay grounded. I mean, there, there has to be this level in which, like, you remain who you are. You remain who you, you, you intend to be. You remain to be truthful and everything like that. But by the same token, you don't want it to get to your head. And some people do let it get to their head. It, it's too easy. It, it really is. Be like, oh, I'm, I'm getting paid to play video games. Well, fuck, I've got the dream career and everything like that. But the thing is, when people are like, oh, you get to play video games, they're like, well, it's more than that. We get to write about it and everything like that. We get to interact with the community, talk about the game, talk to the developers, do the interviews, whatever, everything like that. There really are different aspects aspects to the game. But some people, let me come again, again to the people who are getting in the industry for the wrong reason, they, they take the job the wrong way. The thing is, I've always, I mean, not to bring myself up and bring up my ego, but, you know, I just, I mean, I I, I don't have an ego, by the way. That's oh, just, sure. I don't. DCD does not have an ego. Um, I just, I've always been humble. I, I will always take time to say hi to somebody. You know, I will hand out codes. I will do this. I will do that to help out people in the community because I think community is what drives these sites. If people don't come to these sites, you know, they're, 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 what's the point? You know, the thing is, you want to take care of your community. You don't want to rise above your community and say, I am above you, I am lord of all, blah, 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 blah. You want to make sure you're on their level. That's the case. With while every, doing your job. That's the case with every consumer. I know. Consumer industry, though. I mean, if the consumer lives and dies. I mean, the power lives and dies with the consumer. Yeah, I, I, I just really think, I mean, like he said, it's just a matter of sometimes... People let it get to their heads. And the whole thing is, I like to stay grounded. You know, I like to be like, I go to these events, you know, I don't go, oh, I hate PAX, PAX Prime, fuck it, yeah, yeah I'm just going to sleep the whole time. No, I'm not doing that. I go out there, I try to make the most out of each day and everything like that. Fuck, sleep is so good, though. Can we, can we like, sleep is the best? I can be asleep now. I, no. I mean, I, I think I would just say that I think more important than if games journalism is broken is that people who make games are getting death threats and That's people's fucked. people's sex lives are being yeah are, are being talked. thrown so, out into the public eye I mean, when they should you know, be. I mean I I well I mean like I will be honest, I've never called myself a journalist. I've never have in my entire life I've said I don't know that right, I am right. or not. I'm 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 a I'm a I'm a writer. I just do what I do and whatever you want to call me that's fine. But um like Okay, it's broken. Sure, it's broken. But you know what? So is a lot of other things in life, like this kind of thing, like movie journalism or any kind of journalism. But I think more important than that, you know, is the fact that people are being verbally and and emotionally and physically and mentally harassed. So I think that there are more important things we should be caring about. And this is this is a group of people trying to to push the the uh, 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 you know like focus from one thing to something else to get off the, It's essentially, the they're trying to, like, use the, the accusation of integrity and their lack of as a really shitty platform to justify being fucking toxic and, like, validating their really shitty behavior or their outlooks. Like, and, and again, I, don't, I, I really don't want to go into it in detail around the time that it happened because anything that I had, even with the most well-intentioned, like, words would have just perpetuated the negativity. Also, also, I mean, 
coming to PAX, it kind of shows you the good side of all this, all, uh, this entire community as well. Yeah. It's like, I mean, this is, uh, there's all this negative. Eggs, but, you know, aside from that. but the majority here at PAX is like everyone is welcoming and uh, open hearted and open and like, get, hey, give me a hug. Oh, fuck, sure. Why not? <laughs> that kind of stuff. I mean, it's not like looking at women and spitting in their face or something you know, like well, that. Like I said, there are a couple of bad eggs, but yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Events like this remind you that there are good people in the community, and that's what I appreciate. I, I come to these they're, events. They're a vocal minority. They really are. Yeah. And you know, like I said, the, these shows really focus on it. These people are... I was just saying one word, and you go next, so he just goes back and forth really fast. Fire, yes. That's how we do it. But no, I mean, the point is, you know, I'm, I'm too busy doing game journalism to criticize about game journalism, so I'm a little busy, you know... Getting things done, playing NHL 15, doing demo stuff or whatever. I'm, I'm going to do my So, job. speaking of that, yeah, what games have we been fucking playing, guys? <laughs> yeah, games. Hey, I games. This, uh, this this Flappy Birds thing is pretty cool. I've been playing. Oh, and the Street Flapper? Because if Street Flapper game, fuck that okay, shit. Okay, I'm, I'm on like, uh, I've got like, like 18 on, on that copter so far. Oh my god, I can't even get two. I know, it's hard. I can't uh, even get two. Journalism. Yeah, I I haven't yeah, even. You you I'm sorry, I haven't even fucking like downloaded it yet. Gamer, but whatever, right. I haven't even downloaded it yet, just to be fair. But like, I'll I'll get to that. But um, I kind of like so, like, what what game personally came out to you guys the most? Because like, for example, I was at E3, but like the the one game that kind of eluded me and was much easier to get hands on with was The Order 1886. And I, oh, did yeah? Did you check it out? Yeah, I, I played a bit of that Jesus. demo, and you know, in that demo, it, it's got like it starts with the cutscene, and then it goes into gameplay, but you don't know. I had that same reaction, <laughs> and I was E3. like, the cutscene stopped. Oh wait, <laughs> I'm playing it now. Holy shit! No, that's seriously what happened. I thought my game froze at E3. It's the same demo, yeah. and so when that cutscene happened, I'm just sitting there, and the Sony rips like. Are you going to play the game? I'm like, oh shit, what? <laughs> it was very much that side of yeah. it, was, it was a seamless transition from uh, a cutscene to It's kind of like, play. I, I kind of want to compare it to the first time you played Uncharted. I do, thank you. Fucking high five. Because, like, my, the best, like, honestly, the way I describe the order is Sony's Gears of War with the cinematic presentation, conviction, and, like, just exposition of Uncharted on a cinematic level. It's really what Sony has been known for these past few years with their dog titles and I guess with the order now. And almost kinda like I wanna say, I wanna go back to like God of War as well. Yeah, like it's just that, like every like within and again, this is on a show floor, so I mean there's not a whole lot of time to get intimate with it. But it felt so easy. Like just the dialogue exchange and the characterization just shown between Galahad and and even then just like there's this world being presented to me and even though I don't know a whole lot about it, they're like the way they're carrying themselves makes me give a shit about it. And then it's all supplement. That's the best kind of game experience, though. When you have something like that pitch pop up, it is like, I mean, like you caught you by surprise, caught you by surprise. I mean, these experiences, it's really great to just still stumble upon them. You know, it's like, but he's like, well, games are getting so boring. I'm like, and present exhibit A. Yeah, you know, actually, I was. Um, I was with a colleague of yours. I was with, I was with Garnet Lee. Yeah. And uh, he was like, he had the same reaction to you. Like, I, I think the cutscene's over. I was like, oh, okay. And we I just started. Playing, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I've, I've kind of, 
ever since Watch Dogs, I've kind of grown a little cynical towards these things. I'm like, oh, I'll see it when it gets out. Like, yeah. I'll see it when it when it, the final version. See, but some games you get excited for. Like me personally, I mean, I've played it to death at the previous shows and everything like that. But there's still something about Evolve that I really enjoy. Yeah, it's fun. It yeah. is. It really is. I, and, I, I, I played the Kraken for the first time today, which I hadn't played yeah, before. Yeah, I know. That's the thing. And playing as the monster would be like, I'm going to go after these four fucking hunters. I'm going to pound them into oblivion. I'm going to be like that guy in Game Crazy. I'm going to be that guy. <laughs> I'm going to be that guy. And I mean, it's just so great, you know, the four versus one setup and everything. Just so it's clear, that guy did, like, no damage other than, like, Fucking up like a ten, bunch ten of shelf. San Andreas cases for PS2 with the Damn sword. Damn it, those bunch. cases belong to people. Yeah, no. no oh no, Mario Sunshine. No! But no, I mean, like, no, that, that's what I mean. This is a good opportunity for people to just, like, experience something like, wait, this game is actually fun. Holy, I mean, yeah, they have to wait in line a little bit. I understand that. But you I mean, it's like, the fact that they have this opportunity to actually see that kind of game experience, be surprised by the order, be surprised by Evolve and everything. By like the that. way, if you guys give show awards, I want to put in a nomination for the Order 1886 for having the best line. <laughs> like, because it was like going like once you got in, it was like going through a ride at Disneyland. They had like like replicas and, yeah. and trophies, and I was like, oh yeah, yeah. standing around in a hallway. Oh, dude, Sarah got there. in on it. He 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 got oh, like yeah. a fancy fucking mustache run through. And oh, you know yeah, what? This like tiny pencil mustache. It said <laughs> in fancy like cursive font on the side. Have you seen my? And then it, I ran his room, so I just drew a stash. Have you seen my stash? And, and, and what's funny is that, like... I need to get a Sharpie and just do this. And I, I don't know, like, just how shitty the PR, like, day was when they got to me. Because, the, it, like, the dude was, like, legitimately disappointed. I just held on my card. I didn't, like... I was kind of all business when I was in line, so I didn't fill out or do anything at all. And he's just like, you, you didn't do anything with your cards. an empty face. I'm like, oh, I did. It, it, I'm just, I call it existentialist crisis. So <laughs> then, like... He was just like, all right, dude. And, like, he didn't even let me, like, add on to him. Like, this guy's going to be a fucking dick. And I'm like, I'm, dude, I was just fucking with you here. And he's like, here, just take your shirt. What's your I'm size? I'm totally going to change my Xbox Live name to Existential Oh, dude, you mean not Boner Wolf 405? Oh, sorry, it's fine. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Cool because deal. Because how many Boner Wolves did we have before? 404. I mean, I got better things. True. I mean, I, I, going back to Sony's booth, um, you know, I mean, I, I'm huge souls fan so seeing seeing what from software is doing with uh bloodborne you know and the fact that like it, it's kind of it's it's kind of i mean because a lot of people were expecting maybe demon souls 2 but it's it's still kind of soulsy but they've removed the the shield and now you have a basically a sidearm yes. and so it's instead of being defensive you're going to be offensive and you know so much of, of of dark souls at least depending on how you played it was defensive so this is going to be a a little more action-oriented kind of... Which is what I want. I mean, I love Dark Souls, but the whole defensive side kind of threw me off because I'm going to die anyway. You know, so I'm like, I want to go all out with offensive and kick his fucking ass. Have they, have, they talked about, uh, have they talked about character classes at all? I mean, is that going to change everything? It's, it's, it's going to be very it's gonna be very similar to the way the Souls games work, is that you're going to have kind of presets like that you can pick at the beginning, but it's all going to depend on how you just... How you just grow your character over, well, over the course of the game. When you talk about defense and uh, and Dark Souls, you're right. It's very much a defensive kind of game, and the classes are very much based on like kind of how you want to play the game in a defensive manner and and in an offensive manner, but much more in that defense. Like, do you want to roll around a bunch, or do you want to have a shield and you want to take on the damage itself? I want to roll and, around a bunch. 
See, I'm the opposite. I, I, I like taking. That's the thing. I mean, is it does the subtraction of like a shield kind of transform the way classes are going to be? Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to change things a little bit. I mean, because the idea is basically that you don't have that uh, thing to hide behind anymore, and so your your gun is your defense, and so you can use the gun, for example, to kind of. Um, to, to like a like shotgun, if you have a shotgun, you can blow back the enemies a little bit to get them out of your way, and then go in offensively. Yeah. So I mean, it, so the idea is that you can't just sit there and just wait and take a hit. You you have to kind of always be active and always be offensive, and you can't just like hide behind. You know. Unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to play it today. I was just taking pictures of these guys with uh, playing it. Yeah, but we're... while we were playing it, they even said, you know, in comparison to, to Dark Souls, you know, it, it's not just, you know, hide behind your shield, wait for your opening, take your opening, stand back, hide behind your shield again. It, it was very much more like Blitzkrieg style. Right. Go in, get your hits in, get out. Yeah. Go in, get your hits, get out. And, and it was just that over and over. And then, you know, come. Uh, comboing, uh, you know your your short range attacks and your long range attacks, because uh, you know the light attacks and heavy attacks, and then you had your sidearm, which you know uh, I think I had the shotgun during my playthrough. It was really fun, and I definitely got my ass handed to me by the, <laughs> by the AI. And then the weapon that kind of like transforms, so that it has like different modes. Yeah, yeah, you, you did it like right right in the middle of while you're comboing. Uh, your attacks with your uh, with your weapon, you know, you you have it transform right in the middle of the attacks and string them together. Also, beautiful game with a very unique aesthetic as well. I I don't think I've ever seen aside from the order. I guess actually, I think yeah, about it. it. Oh, Victorian London, like up post. I just say all of the Sony booth was visually impressive. Well, I mean, post Victorian London. Yeah. yeah, I actually I'm trying to make point to uh, check out Bloodborne tomorrow. And what's funny is like I'm I'm breaking into Dark Souls and I'm actually going by this really unique uh, recommendation. You will, you know. Here's the thing: I I have all of them, and the only one that I've actually played was Demon Souls. And like yes, to just explain like like how fucking little I've done, like I can't get past the bridge with a dragon. At that point, that was like I hit my wall, and I'm just like, all right, well, I haven't been able to do shit. Scott Studios. No, Scott Studios, guys who worked on Dishwasher and uh, Charlie. Oh, Salt and Charlie, Sa- uh, Sanctuary. Salt and Sanctuary. Yeah. And this is practically like a Dark Souls meets Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Yeah, it, it's a very, it it's basically a Metroidvania. It's it was, a pretty damn sweet game. Yeah, I was, I was talking to um, Scott. Yeah, in, in like, and he, you know, he was kind of talking to me like how he was a bit shaky with the move over to Sony after being, you know, faced by Tony Microsoft. Yeah. Yeah. And and even then, like I mean, he he was really composed in the fact that like I don't it's he, he has like honestly he doesn't need to like express any remorse over mm-hmm. it, especially considering the politics. 
But, I mean, he still holds them in high regards just for getting Scott Studios to where it is today. Yeah. Um, I mean, the fact that he can put together a game like that that has the nature of, like, Dark Souls, but in a side-scrolling format. I mean... And, and not only that, it drives... Yeah, I think from. the drive to explore, because it's a, it's a Metroidvania-ass game, which you guys know I fucking love those games, mm-hmm. is um, the fact that, essentially, like, in order to explore... And and do what we uh, or do what you got to do to get to the next point because basically what you would do is you would uh, only be able to level or upgrade when you reached fire. Right. And then basically when you reach fire, you'd be able to cast whatever salt you collect or whatnot. But the fire also acted as your checkpoint, so you had to really like there was a risk reward of just like how ballsy you would get or how much you would explore. It like say if you came across like the fire from that point, or if you backtrack to the fire that you know is there. So, I don't know. I, I actually really enjoyed that. But you, you did mention about, like, show awards, and we do do one. It's fucking the Golden Zonkey. And one, one particular game won that prestige, that, like, really needless, shitty prestige. Um, but it, it, and they were really respected to it, too. And it's like, it's, they honestly, with this being their sophomore game, they're quickly like being a studio that we're taking notice of, and that's a uh, 17 bits uh, Galaxy, oh, and and Sarah, yeah. Sarah's all about that. Game. Oh yeah, it's Holy really shit. good stuff. Um, if you don't know what Galaxy is, it is basically a. Well, we've sort of tossed the the term around a little bit, but it's it's in many ways a Schmuckroidvania. Uh, I don't know if I call that a Schmuckroidvania. In many ways, it is. I, I, I think it is exploration style open world, and you have the ability to. Is this a Devolver game? Was that? Is it's, this Devolver? Or? No, it's 17 bit. Yeah, oh, they're over in the Indie Mega Booth. Yeah, right on. I, me, I, I still kind of like calling it Super Asteroids, but that's just me. Yeah, <laughs> Essentially, you're playing yeah. a spaceship around still, space, and you know you have this big open area that you can explore and everything like that, and destroy enemies while you discover different objectives. And imagine zombies have yeah. something to do with it. No, no zombies. No zombies. With a name like Galaxy and just what? Really? Has zombies? Okay. Well, it's obvious. But the main hook to it here is that it's procedurally generated. So every time you load up the game, it's a different stage set. And the way it's set up, it's like an anime set. Exactly. Yeah. So it's got a random credits and everything. Like writer and. Uh, I don't know, it, it had a very yeah. Macross feel to it. Oh yeah, no, the ship itself it has straight up boosters from the uh, yes. from the Valkyrie S. No, yeah, definitely. But uh, it's it's so good. It's, it's not bad at all. Galaxy is amazing. Uh, that's one of my favorite indie games from the show floor. I mean, the controls are just about right. You know, in terms of like you know thrusting and using your weapons and everything like that. I think the way they set up is really good. And, you know, the Vita needs as many good games as it can get right now because its market is pretty much dried up with the first party games. So, yeah. It'll well, definitely go I, good alongside Luftrousers, for oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Luftrousers. Yeah, and... In a good way. In a good way. <laughs> and what's funny is, like, I, at first I had... I, I will say that, like, there, there are certain nuances that you really need to grasp to truly enjoy Galaxy that I, I, I had trouble picking up on first. But, like, I think, like, the beauty of it is is that you kind of go into it blind because the, the levels and the, the mission objectives that, like, come about them are always changing. It's never the same thing. So it's not like you can ever kind of have a general idea of what would work best. You kind of just play off of what you think would feel best or something that you might be the most 
you you know competent around because at that point you're going into a level that's like can be completely different will never be revisitable again and yeah. objectives that you're you're never even going to be able to in, touch in again of, in a lot of ways what the idea probably will work best for galaxy will will likely be finding uh, a combination of parts and uh and sort of strategy that that works best for everything so finding an optimal balance that will work for any situation it'll take a long time to do but that's part of the brilliant uh, structure of the game is that it'll keep you coming back for more and you you always find ways to improve another game i want to talk about that's in the indie mega boot that i think deserves a lot of attention oh titan souls. yeah dude titan oh, souls is fucking <laughs> titan souls may be one of the coolest games on the show floor. essentially it's like this top-down exploration dog game where you go through this big level and you explore different dungeons and everything like that but in each of the dungeons there is a epic boss battle and you have basically if you're hit you're fucked pretty much but i mean it's just these epic boss battles and it's just a sort of game that keeps driving you to like be a better gamer to just be more devoted in terms of bringing down these bosses and i don't know what it is there is something about this game that is just fucking epic i it's really probably, enjoy it it's probably the fact that you've got one arrow and one hp exactly <laughs> you are so normal you are so everyday you are so stephen mashuga that you have to do everything <laughs> sorry he's not here so i can pick on his ass he's passed out in the hotel <laughs> he, he, he got all Barbie doll just he to pass be, out. He may be in charge, but I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I'm, just saying, I'm just saying, I give him a hard time because he looks like Stephen Baldwin. Um, no, I'm just like holy fucking toys. Sorry, Queen just got it. But no, just Titan Souls. The fact that it sets up this like normal hero, not super powered, not contra spread gun packing, just this normal hero going with these epic bosses. I don't know what it is. It's just this whole David and Goliath thing that just I, you know feels so is, fucking it's the, same, about it. it's the same thing like Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah, exactly. Well, it, it's essentially, to me, it was like Shadow of the Colossus meets Dark Souls, yeah. so to speak. Oh, but oh, With oh, an 8-bit Titan, Zelda motif. Titan, Titan, Shadow of the Colossus, Souls. Yeah, but, but the thing is, though, like... Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah, the thing that I think you, that, like, you. Titan Souls, the reason why it, it like, basically gets this sort of like endearment thrown behind it is because like this is like for example we're we've all played this on a show floor a very noisy one and again to kind of like really convey the point of your game across and in, in like such a limiting environment can be different and yet this be honestly became like one of the most personal gaming experiences like it it, it, it really turns is. it turns everything into a struggle a struggle that you can relate with there it communicates like a very like compelling sense of agency like any room you go into it demands all of your fucking senses oh, all yeah. all of your attention and even then even like to the point where like it's admittedly like fucked you like no joke like buffalo bill you're you're in a pit and you're just waiting on a fucking basket to keep you alive fuck you that was a the land reference nice. that is commonly like the souls genre Right, but even then, but like at the same time, soul like stuff. there's no like the soul, the souls games. Like my my issues with them is that like I don't feel like they kind of elicit any any kind of endearment like Titan Souls is to the point where like I feel like like 
Yeah, see, like, I don't I don't feel like they're, like, why bother at some point? I feel like I get smacked down at, at some point that, like, I the interest sort of fades. And yet Titan Souls was able to bridge that just through very simple, like, almost, you know, like... Hotline Miami 2 is kind of the same way. I, I, you know the you thing know, with Hotline Miami too. Go back and you beat the fuck out. But it's of instantaneous. Yeah, it's that's very it, and it's very fast paced, and that's why I really enjoy Hotline Miami. Hotline Miami too. It it might as well be a goddamn expansion on the well, first one. It's, it's, well, it's a new story. It's a, you have two new characters. Exactly. It, it, but I mean, they're getting into the toilet. Oh, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, one, the one thing that I talked to the developer Dennis with is. Um, he was like, we were very inspired with Mega Man to just bring in those subtle changes inside the, to Hotline Miami 2. Much like the Mega Man franchise did with their games instead. They introduced this massive change to the next game. They introduced it over time. So, Which, you know, I can I can get behind. But, like, it, it, again, they're, they're like the, some of the mask or new abilities. Because even though the, the, the improvements in Mega Man's may seem subtle in scope, they're actually, gr- like, huge in execution. Like... You you can't like t- say that two is essentially three, uh, but with like some small differences. Like three is a huge step forward. Even even four was like big in different ways. Like incorporate like there's always like these big changes, and they keep the core the same. It's just that I felt like the which is great. The core is definitely the exact same, but like some of the new masks. Like the one thing that I was really like impressed with was the mask that allowed me to dual wield. It's just so hard to follow up. It's just so hard to follow up Hotline Miami because I like the way I describe Hotline Miami is it very much is the Alice Cooper of indie games. Before that game came along, it was very much you know we got Braid, Flower Journey, all these happy go lucky flower power games, and then it comes and then, yeah, and we had our violent we had our violent indie games as well, but it just wasn't like it wasn't the rebellious villainous tone that uh, Alice Cooper gave like in the '60s or rock and roll. Before Alice Cooper came along, it was you know peace and love and free and free hugs and everything but then Alice Cooper came and it's like no you're allowed to be pissed off about what's everything's going on in this entire industry and this entire world you, you know what's funny is you call it the Alice Cooper games I call it the Chuck Palnick of games <laughs> like, I, I think it's a matter of like you know it's like the risk be like okay I'm gonna shoot you in the head oh I missed you oh I'm dead you know it's like so you, you it just gave a different tone yeah. to the, the indie genre the indie genre but like indie game industry I mean it was just very much on its own, and then people fucking ate it up. Mm-hmm. And that's why they're only doing two and not turning it into a franchise. Like, I respect you know, that. I, mean, I do respect hero, that. That's, that's respectable. Not a Hero is a great game as well. Not it's pretty much great. the same yeah. thing as well. Yeah, I know. So, except in a 2D way. So. You have something to say? Nope. nope. <laughs> 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 like, well, not a Hero? Like me, like <laughs> well, it really? Like you're about to say something. Fuck Hotline Miami. That's what he was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> so on games you get to pay you a visit, they're going to wear being animal masks and fake katanas. By the way, some great Hotline Miami cosplay here. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think the cosplay this year alone has been, like, <laughs> fucking top-notch. Like, I don't I don't think... And then again, this is, like, my 11th or 12th packs, like, between East and Prime. And, like, I, I have yet to see this and seeing it this weekend, like... I, I, it just gave me this like, like shocking sense of piss and vinegar that like immediately like just made me smile. I'm like I had to shake this dude's hand oh, and get super stoked. Yeah. We should have ketchup chips. Yeah. Um, but the dude cosplayed as Pepsi Man, 
And I'm just like, yeah, I'm just like, dude, from fighting yeah, dude, I'm like, I've never seen that. I'm just like, yeah, dude, fuck yeah, I know what you're about. This is the shit. And I, and the, I, I, Again, yeah, I, well, it, it was in shock just for the fact that, too, like, the one thing that I've also, like, had a lot of trouble with when it came to the, you know, the cosplay community is, like, the fact that there's a certain etiquette and a code of conduct uh, regarding them that I felt like, you know, con convention goers haven't, like, come to fully grasp. And considering this is, like, the 10th Prime and that, like, conventions are slowly becoming more mainstream and I'm not I don't know if I can we can go to the area where cosplay is mainstream but it's definitely much well I think it really has I mean they have a prime time show on sci-fi I mean uh, basically cable movies. yeah but I think like the the just acknowledging the unwritten set of rules like I I, I think this is the very first PAX to where I didn't witness like the irritation or otherwise like fucking background drama of like any you know particular breach of said code just, of conduct like i've seen everybody ask for pictures yeah. i think that's like and, and it honestly brought a smile like i was telling sarah like uh, a little early today i'm like dude i'm so glad i'm hearing like and seeing everybody ask like i remember i was talking to someone oh, by the way i didn't share yet which is really weird that i didn't share yet but for all those motherfuckers who told me take the amtrak to pax fuck all y'all it's just like the worst fucking thing. That's a greyhound on railroad tracks. Fuck you guys. But I did get to talk to some people from PAX, especially like people going for the first time. And like I, I felt like I was compelled that like when they were mentioning, oh, I can't wait to see cosplay. The very first thing I'm like, ask first, be respectful, don't be a perv. There were, there were just to bring back to the appreciation of cosplay. There were three I saw that really like. I'm a I'm a Bioware fanboy, so I saw a squad of N7 troopers. And I was like, immediately, I gotta take a picture. And I did for that. And then my charity brain goes like, wow, what if they were branded OSD? But then that was a totally different thing. And then uh, I saw a Pac-Man getting chased by a ghost uh, running down the sidewalk in full sprint. I thought that was pretty funny. And I saw a very, a very, very, very exceptionally well done and very detailed Darth Revan, which I freaked out out immediately. But... I think, honestly, too, like, because, god damn, because, uh, you know, cosplay has kind of gotten to an extent where it's being more acceptable and at yeah. the same time being done by, like, such a wider spectrum of people that you're, you're getting to see either really obscure cosplay that's really cool and I'm glad it's getting recognition, like fucking Pepsi Man, or, like, some cool shit like gender-bent cosplay or uh, even then, like, cosplay of like concepts or ideals like um what was it uh i would i was basically like i don't know i don't remember what i came across but uh this dude had and like funny i, I mentioned it at a panel earlier because it struck up like something that i used to do in my childhood but this guy basically cosplayed as the uh concept of beat-em-ups and it was cool like and like he was basically like, I think he had, like, a fucking, like, a turkey leg just, like, hanging off of his chest. And then, I don't remember what other, but, like, he was just made, like, oh, I'm beat-em-ups. And, like, what's funny, and I remember I was talking about it at, like, the Video Games Are Stupid panel. When we were younger, like, one of our favorite games, like, a metagame. And, like, this led to the creation of all the stupid games I still play today. Like, the Narcoleptic game, or the Lego game, or the cat game. The Lego game is the shit. Are you no, talking about the one on the island? 
No, 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 no. I, I'm talking about like meta social games. Like the Lego game is basically using Lego as an adjective in front of everything and trying to fabricate a story and ad lib like details as far as you can go without losing your shit and laughing. I just, I just love Lego Island. Lego Island. I love Lego Island. You know, dude, Lego Island and uh, fucking the checks game. Um, I've, I've, I've heard about that. Yeah. Oh, dude, yeah, and like I remember playing I've that fondly. The shit out of yeah, you know what I'm talking about, the shooter? So good. Um, and I can't remember, like, the exact name of it at the moment. I know I've talked about it on the show before. Um, but going back to what I was talking about, um, yeah, we used to pretend, like, oh, hey, uh, if you beat up that guy, what do you think would come out of his chest? Like, what kind of food? Would it be a fucking, like, baked apple? Or do you think, what would he drop? And then we also added the addendum, like, of River City Ransom, like, what the fuck do you think would be his last words before he like faded off into this? Is like, oh no, my homework, or fucking something stupid like, tell Lucy, I wish I told Lucy how much I cared about her. You know, one thing I really love about cosplay at PAX is that people will still just be characters because, like, if you go to like San Diego Comic Con, like at that point they're like, I can't just be Master Chief. I have to be steampunk era Master Chief or I have to be, you know, Darth Vader mixed with Doctor Who. Like, like everything has to be now some crazy combination or some complex thing because everybody's done Darth Vader, everybody's done Stormtroopers or whatever. So I love the fact that at PAX East, I'll still see, like, like today I saw uh, Tharja and uh, uh, the, the, the blue-haired main uh, character from uh, Fire Emblem Awakening. Oh yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the kid that comes back. Yeah, no, I and I can't think of the name either. That, not the, the one that you think originally is Marth, but it's not really Marth. You yeah, know? It, who's also going to be in Smash Brothers? Yeah, but it's like, oh look. No, that's Xenoblade. Yeah, it's, it's like, oh look, it's it's Tharja, you know. I still got Darth Oh look, it's Link. People will still just be Link. Now it doesn't have to be some crazy weirdo Link, you know. And, I saw adorable Link. I, you know what I? It was I, so cute. I think <laughs> like, funny oh, enough is that like Shidoshi was mentioning character before. I actually like cosplayers who are super convicted to what they're like cosplaying, and they actually like portray themselves in the role of that character. Like, what's funny too is um, like they, I saw Link and Zelda couple at Pink Gorilla earlier, and they were using like the actual utility pouches that that come with the fucking costume as like a means to actually hold currency. And I swear to God, I think I saw a replica rupee in there, and I'm just like, dude. And he's just like, and the whole time he was like, and granted, this is like the funniest part too, is that they were speaking. I don't know what terminology would kind of uh, relate to it, like um, old English, but like they were using thou and whatnot. And I'm like, I don't, yeah, Shakespearean dialect, which I I would never really associate Zelda with it but like they got creative with it and it was you know it was in, again it was really charming to see that and again and again you yeah fuck it whatever see different. i never i never i don't major in it so like i have the excuse i suppose uh, I, i'm a writer on a, on a tv show that where, wherefore is that i wonder <laughs> jesus i mean i know that i got it right one time on a fucking okay cupid question so that much like i'm totally okay with like i'll settle at that but uh regardless like i it, it, it pax is just 
the perfect environment for that because yeah. you know the woman who was servicing them at Pink Gorilla played along and even like responded back and had fun with it. And that's something that I'm I'm genuinely happy to see and like it was being mentioned earlier like the community really brings it together. I think for the first time and I don't remember this and maybe maybe it's always happened and I've just been this asshole that never got the chance to experience it beforehand. Um, but I'm always trying to find new ways to experience new things because PAX is so overwhelming and it's constantly growing that it's it, it's just fucking impossible to try and do everything you can. And it's like yeah. everything that you want to do at the last PAX, you kind of tell yourself you want to do at this PAX, the, like the coming up, the next one. And like earlier this year when I was at East, for example, we actually had a tabletop night and I didn't get to do that this year, or well, at Prime at least, but... You know, I was really glad that I did that at East. I always want to do panels, and I never have time because I'm so booked with appointments. And me and Sarah, I don't know how the fuck we did it, but we actually, we were on top of our work. This has, like, been the best productive-wise, <laughs> this best packs ever. Like, we, we just uh, got this fucking podcast and maybe some shitty video, and then we're good. 14 uh, articles or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and we're fucking, and we're good. Um... So we actually got to see panels, and, like, we're in line in these panels, and, like, the enforcers are actually creating, like, social games and metagames for people in line to play, and they're giving out prizes. And I thought, like, what other fucking convention does that? Like, you, you know, I mean, uh, Derek mentioned San Diego Comic-Con earlier, and uh, there, there's kind of two things. Like, I mean, I hate San Diego Comic-Con. I hate it with a passion. Uh, for one thing, you just mentioned, like, how nice the enforcers are here. People at SDCC are dicks, just all around. Like, like if you stand by a wall for like five seconds, like move it, move it. You gotta move, gotta move. No, no, you're like outside. They're like telling you what to do, yelling at you, everything. But like the thing, like San Diego Comic Con to me feels like come to this place to buy our stuff. And like, like that's what that's why they want you there. Oh, you know what I mean? Somebody who works in this. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there there are some panels every now and then, but it's a lot of like, like it's all promotion. It's like either buy our comic books or. Come to our booth because we have a new TV show we want you to promote. But like PAX is, you know, come come play games with people. Come play demos. You know? Come come see panels. Come PAX, come PAX meet people. It does. Absolutely does. But I think there's more of a, a sense of come here and actually have a lot of different things. And and honestly, they found a way to turn it into a fucking game. Like the fact that there are hidden vendor there are vendors who are hidden penny uh dealers yeah. and the fact that like like stare uh for example like at the order uh yeah if you like did something in a certain way they deemed you worthy of getting one of the penny pins and allegedly I you know and even like what cards so. against humanity is hidden away you know they have the Legos little theater way off in the back and everything like that, but I you can find them there, you know i know i made a couple of custom cards i'm not going to talk about them <laughs> because that's spoiling but I mean, you know, the fact that they have something set aside where people can go and buy cards and then make their own cards, you know, like Stephen Mashuga asleep at a computer or something, you know, it, we should make that tomorrow. And again, like, the the whole community, like, I, I kind of mentioned, like, there, how there's this divide between, like, everybody that cares about this industry, especially with, like, some of the tension and toxicity of journalists and whatnot. And granted, while there was some shittiness so that we toxic. did... <laughs> The shittiness that we got, like, to explaining earlier, there, there's definitely, there were also a lot of the cool people that I got to talk to, and, you know, again, like, and they'll ask, like, oh, what do I do, or whatnot, and I really got to share some experiences, and then going to, like, the sixth floor and checking out, like, another floor, and then basically having, like, Yacht Club, uh, like, come up, and then, like, see us, spot us, and, like, 
have this like just genuine sense of gratitude like the dude wanted to hug me and he's just like thank you so much for like campaigning our fucking game and covering it and like being able to see that and like that game deserved all the praise you know, that it's gotten true story i high-fived everybody on the yacht club team and headbutted the founder Come here and all right, thanks. I think the difference between like San Diego Comic Con and PAX is like everybody who is here wants to see everything else that is involved and is very genuine and they're passionate about what they're involved in as well. I mean, in television, it's so convoluted with people who don't care about stuff. I mean, when you talk to the creators and the writers as well. Uh, they're very passionate about what they're doing and they're creating about what other people, other creators are doing and writing. But you have your business, your marketing, your PR, your event planners, and everybody else who's involved with that. But it takes a very sort of passionate person to get involved in the video games industry. Well, I, I and mean, if I, you are just a PR company. Yeah, I think also as you, you see kind of like what you're saying is, I mean, like you have the the movie people, the comic people. The, the TV people, the little bit of video game people. So they give like all, all these different fan groups as well that are coming that don't just gel together like they do in the past. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. I think what it is, I mean, it's just our community. You know, you have so many people who are avid. You know, you have the fans. You have, you know, the press people who are still, you know, devoted to doing their job and everything like that instead of writing about butts or whatever. Um, you know, you, you have the companies. Gearbox, you know, Gearbox held a panel this morning. You went, and uh, from what I understand, Randy Pitchford actually took the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge on yeah. stage before they handed out, like, the season pass to all their people for Borderlands pre-sequel. I mean, they're a company, you know, they've been through a lot of shit with Aliens, Colony Marines, whatever, but they still care about their fans. A lot of these companies that come out, they really care about their fans. Yacht Club Games, like I said, headbutted the founder. I'm still trying to figure out why. Uh, but it was awesome. I don't care. You know, it's just... These people just come out and they really show their devotion. It's great seeing companies like that. I, I don't think company doesn't care about its fans because ultimately they pay for the fucking. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, it's like, oh, they'll come anyway. No, you don't do that. But um, to get back to the games, since I, th- yeah, I games. think we're done with this conversation. Sorry. Uh, the one I'm most excited for and probably am way too excited for is Dragon Age Inquisition. That is going to be I, awesome. I am a huge fan of Dragon Age. Uh, the first one blew my mind. The second one, the story was a clusterfuck, but that action mechanic was actually pretty well done, even though they took away the tactical camera and actually changed the entire game entirely. But once you get into knowing what it is, it's actually an okay, decent game. But, um, you know, funny enough, is I'm actually... that So that one and Bloodborne are on my list tomorrow is, like, you know, things that, like, we didn't get the chance to, like, cover, I, I but I... Yeah. Yeah, we'll, dude, we'll we'll Log get it up. set. Yeah. yeah, but uh, Dragon Age Inquisition actually really intrigued me just from the very beginning, and like, it was weird because like I initially didn't give Dragon Age like the kind of attention that it it demands to to really get into it in the first one, but then like I got the ball rolling, and I still have yet to even really dabble in the second one to see quote unquote how they ruined have it. You, have you done uh, the Awakening expansion? I I bought it and I haven't even touched it. 
So yeah, exactly. And again, this is this is in my backlog. So yeah, but no, I'm. And, but time to catch up. November eighteenth. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but you know what game I was really surprised by, and this was nice because I was a fan of the series beforehand. Geometry Wars three. I think yes. this game was badass yeah, back in the first year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one, whatever. I mean, it's got a Super Stardust sort of 3D thing to it, but I like the variation of stages and the modes and everything like that. The fact that the community is going to be heavily involved in terms of the high score challenges. Yeah, they're right outside, like the North Hall, dude. I mean, they're they're right there. You should go no, we, play. We walked past them a few times. Yeah, yeah, you they're right. Play. I'm... Yeah, Sarah actually had the high score for the whole center, like, before... I smacked you. Yeah, it's uh, 9.88 million points was my score. But it... Yeah, yeah. Uh, these players are hardcore. It's ridiculous. Yeah, so like that's that's been Sarah's goal tomorrow was like to try to fucking leave with that that high score. He could no, dude. Like he's he's he like there's a certain still number one in riding fighters jet score attack on Xbox Live. Like in the world, by the way. Um, Step up tomorrow, gamers. Fucking. And what was I gonna say? But he has a fairly good grasp of like the multiplier, uh, like system going on, and like it's 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 honestly like where you can actually the, see the run on on the site. You can yeah, no, we the put the run. Well, we covered you know, Geometry Wars, and um, a lot of systems are generally so obscure to the point where they kind of like immediately lose any any ground that they might have with anybody playing it. Uh, Geometry Warriors is like has a really easy way of going about it, and it's so frenetic that like you pick up and and you like try to like get a handle I've on never, it. I never uh, played Geometry Wars, so I like. Oh, dude! Yeah, yeah, oh, I, man, actually, well. I, I didn't touch the game until I played uh, Part Three the other day. What? Yeah, yeah I mean, like, it, it's funny because I'm really into those kind of like sports hack games, so I just I just never oh, got into so it. Oh, it's so good! Oh, I like the uh, the Xbox Live Arcade Disc. It's like two dollars, right? Geometry War, the original Geometry uh, War is right on that, right? Is so. it on Steam? I mean, I don't have an Xbox it is. anymore. It is. It is actually I'll, on Steam. I'll, yeah. I'll get it on Steam then. I think it's, I, uh, if, yeah, if it's on, I think it's uh, Geometry Wars 2 is on there. I have such so. a gaming blacklist. It's I have, I've never played Half-Life. I've never played Half-Life <laughs> 2. So. Stop talking. I'm not saying ready for Half-Life 3, so we know I'm probably best one here. <laughs> God, and... It, I don't know, it never, and I won't even take the direction there, but, like, I, the point was, is, like, they're, I don't know, PAX Prime, like, definitely kind of brought some games together, like, even then, and I, I just finished writing my preview of it, actually, right before we started recording, it's really fucking different, it wasn't, like, something I ever really wanted, but it's actually not that bad and could be really good, but I I checked out Sonic Boom, and I believe this was, like, the first time it was playable. Yeah, well, because honestly, <laughs> I walked back at the wrong. What? Time. Okay, you. I know you're looking at me, but like, you're not gonna think nice of that game, are you? It. It's fucking Ratchet and Clank with Sonic, which is it's exactly. Ratchet and it's Clank Ratchet with Sonic. and Clank with Sonic. It's not Sonic. I know, but you know what? Hold on, can we can, uh, real talk? Can we just really can we air out the fact that everything that we that, that say no, fu- okay, no, hold on, <laughs> real back there for a second. Th- th- you're, this He's is coming from a human girls. Next question. God damn, it's two thousand. It's been six years, dude. Let it go. Uh, but anyway, uh, no. fuck it. Uh, hold on, I 
I gotta get my point across. So this is coming from a dude who liked Lost Worlds. In fact, the only thing I didn't like about it was the 2D sections. The 3D sections were cool. 2D sections were better than the 3D No, they weren't. They were garbage. Wow. But Generations is really good. But anyway, the point is, is everything they've tried to do with Sonic that like was supposed to match up with the quote-unquote expectation of how a Sonic game should play hasn't fucking worked, at least on a universal level. And there have been people who, like, basically... So let's turn this into yeah, a cartoon so, like, series. The, like, the fact that they stopped trying to be so goddamn speedy and, like, do it in a, in a more minimal style, like, well, okay, like, there was a chase sequence. There, that's where you can be fast. Or, like, some sort of small sequence. And then uh, the rest of it's, like, looting, platforming, and, like, combat... It's actually, it was cool. And, like, you know what? The thing that, like, they've also really fucked up and, like, it actually kind of came across to be cheeky in a way that was endearing was the fucking, like, the actual characterization. Like, I, uh, like, they have personalities. This was, like, the first Sonic game where I wasn't bothered by, like, all the goddamn critters on the screen. They actually, yeah, like, but they, the thing is, it, it betrayed- didn't bother. It, like, the cartoon that complements the game definitely benefited that but it was it thing. was kind of fun watching okay here's the thing it betrays the nature of what the sonic games grew up on what did this exactly well that's it's sonic games grew up on speed speed <laughs> <laughs> shut up <laughs> but i i you get my point i will have to give it a shot and you know what like basically instead here's, of looking at it like a bastardization it's a it's a it's a, it's a oh, like no, it's I'm a competent look, experiment i'm not looking at it as bastardization i'm looking at it as oh it's sonic it must be terrible <laughs> now, if we're going to talk about a series that has managed to maintain longevity, even with the changes and everything like that, I want to talk Smash Brothers. Because that game actually impressed me when I played it on the show. Oh, I thought you were talking about how bad it was. How bad it was? I was like, you better not be talking shit on Smash Brothers. Well, no, I will, I will say this, I and like... I will say, though, that... Uh, I don't know. The, the, the 3DS version of Smash Brothers sort of suffers the way... Uh, the Vita version of PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale suffered in that the stuff is really tiny on the screen and uh, yeah it's got the hard outline so you can see where stuff is moving but because it's so small like colored characters will often get confused I was up against Sonic as Mega Man and I swear to god I focus more on Sonic than my own character Huh. Yeah, it can happen with a small screen like yeah. that. Yeah, I'm still impressed by the fighting mechanics and, like I said, the roster. I mean, the roster is just ridiculous. No, it is, compared yeah. to like the original N64 Smash Bros. Oh, yeah, you know, which has what, like a total of twelve. That's the last yeah. one I played. I haven't played Smash Bros. since. So I'm gonna buy a Y. I'm gonna buy a Y. A Y U, everybody. Dude, buy a Y U. You're gonna buy that Y U from China, right? Oh hell yeah. No, I'm gonna buy. When they play Sony games. Uh, <laughs> I got you a PlayStation box. <laughs> Xbox. <laughs> it, look, it looks like an Atari Jaguar. But you know, I, I, I did I did coverage for retro for like my impressions of Smash Brothers, and it, it's definitely like one that kind of balances out like a lot of the divide between people who want to essentially like experience it as a technical fighter that's tournament capable like there are people still to this day who yeah. feel like smash brothers doesn't belong on evo or whatnot and then those who champion that it do it does yeah well no actually they were really supportive of like smash brothers and evo this year yeah compared to like when yeah finally finals. yeah but After, like so long being, oh, and wait, it's so funny like because it. when they were this year people were like why the fuck is this on evo and it's so weird like i've been hearing nothing but why the fuck is it not on evo I think, like I think 
you read his interview with uh, Edge so far? I I heard Where about he it. Calls like the uh, the passive game was pathetic. Uh, not, I didn't not kind of that, but he he really goes into like. You can see where the change from Nintendo is coming from now. It's it's pretty obvious. If you have read it, I recommend it. Yeah. Um, but what I, I I you can definitely see like the amount of care they put into like giving each character their distinction and like like yeah. something that you like was kind of there to some point, especially like they've really limited the clone characters up into this is a, granted I did my preview up until all the goddamn Fire Emblem characters like were thrown in but i i hope that there's a little bit more distinction put into them but even like i i'm pretty confident that i'll, I'll be maining little mac and little mac has been getting already rounds that he's the strongest like overpowered character of the bunch but even then like he has like almost no air game and like being able to like make those distinguishes even more and basically taking away uh, like a lot of like a, a, I, I had no idea because I figured that with their knowledge of it, that Nintendo would find a way to shut it down. But Nintendo's aware of Project M, and uh, they—if they anything, they're—they're—they're they're, they're, yeah. Well, not—it's too late to really incorporate it, but they're learning from it. They're actually yeah. taking notes from Wait, it. Project M? Project M is the mod that you can basically download, and it's a soft mod for Brawl that make. Oh, they they add their own balancing and everything like that. Yeah, basically really... it incorporates all the melee dynamics that Brawl is skewed well, into Nintendo, Brawl. Nintendo isn't a dumb company. They've never, aside from one or two, like they've ne they've rarely made a bad snap. first. Yeah. Oh fuck off! Oh, are you Shut kidding me? Fuck that! Is a brilliantly unique game out of the oh, Pokemon. Pokemon Snap is a saint. You take I that back out of this hotel room. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know what's funny is how did that a Pokemon Snap for the fucking Wii U? Well, yeah, hey, I was, well, hold on, hold on. I was actually gonna mention that. Has anybody played Captain Toad's Treasure Tracker? Yeah. Uh, no. Oh, it's it's so like you want to talk about like fucking magic Surprise, a game? A first party Nintendo game that's good. <laughs> well, but but, uh, but there's this one element that they added to where they they incorporate on rails levels now and they it uses the gamepad's gyroscopic sensor where you move around in the first person while seeing you go along a minecart track does that sound familiar and you're throwing turnips i'm like hey, it's like pokemon nintendo snap, just like hey fuck islands. you clamoring for pokemon snap if it we did do it it would play like this and it was amazing i'm like those easily became my favorite parts of like what i played with captain toad yeah, aside I, I, on, considering that they've already, like, experimented to a very great deal, and, like, we're gonna look at Pokken coming out, like, next year. Oh, there, oh Pokemon yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, the, yeah. There's Pokken, and then what was the other Pokemon-related announcement that they made, aside from oh, Pokken? Uh, Pokemon Archive. Yeah, like, there's, there's, they're, they're still Whatever. finding a lot of ways to branch and spin off I, the brand. I haven't played a Pokemon game since the, the Game Boy you keep saying things that make me like, like question your credibility more and more. Even like a shrunken size Game Boy that fits on my, that fits on my wrist. Yeah, I, I hate when I get SD. SD is terrible. Say no to SD. But I think the point is like. PAX this year has been filled with plenty of games. If you guys been here, uh, we're listening to this podcast, like. I really hope you guys get to check out some of the games that we talked about. If you haven't already, uh, definitely comment 
what you think we may have missed. I mean, there's other games, of course, that... Yeah, there. I, but yeah, we can't get so. Yeah, many, I. You know what? I mean, I keep hearing about Shadow of Mordor, and I haven't. Even, I haven't. Shadow of Mordor is kick ass. I played it the other day. It and seems it was like really... it seems like it's these. It's all these things put together, but at the same time, I mean, it is all these different mechanics put together, but it also adds their subtle, unique twists onto those one, onto those same mechanics that they borrow from. That, yeah, especially and, and, with the enemy system. I mean, like the enemy system is like you know. You kill if one guy kills you, he ranks up and everything like that, and it makes the bitch try to kill you later on. You yeah. know, it, it would kill him. Rather. It's so, that that, that uh, military hierarchy system. It's is so really unique. cool. Yeah. And considering it's like monolith, the guys are usually work on like but I'm beer like, games. even more subtle changes inside the combat itself, and inside like the free running mechanic. Which honestly, I'll fucking say it: the free running mechanic in Shadow of Motor is better than it is in Assassin's Creed. Oh, that's that's not hard. Like Jesus, that's been improved. Like they're they're going off of the same free run mechanic that they've been like for the last I mean, six it years. Feels like, it feels like it's what Assassin's Creed is trying to do is give you this freedom of movement when it comes to their parkour experience. And even then, they've they've still had a number it feels of like work. Order does it right. I never ran up a wall and then jumped off <laughs> in, that, in that entire game. So. Well, yeah, and again, feel free to comment on anything you think we may have missed. If you're here, and again, the people that have like come up and said hi or just been really friendly, thank you guys. We want to thank everybody that went to the PAX meetup. Again, it's going to be like the, the, the slap and tickle will always happen every year at GameWorks, so we really hope to slap get like... Tickle? That's what we call it. I call it yeah, that. It's, 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 uh, it's as gross as it sounds. It, yeah. <laughs> but again... Quinn, slap and tickle tomorrow? No, slap and tickle's yeah. done. Yeah, but or you. It sounds like you guys are still up to do it tonight. Fucking, <laughs> but slap, tickle, 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 tickle. Oh man, that was the Hey Arnold, like Hey Dantic, right there. No, oh, it was Rocket Power. No, what the fuck was Hey Arnold? It was. I mean, it has the fuck, dude. Secret handshakes from the nineties. Who can fucking keep up with them? We do like a whole circulating. Um, but anyway, we just want to thank you guys again for those who were really cool with us at PAX. And again, I'm really great. Like, I'm just happy that we were able to get Rob and I was able to meet Quinn and we got Chidoshi on the show once again. And that we were able to do it in some fucking hotel room instead of staring at like a, a screen over Skype. I mean, like, fuck We're it. out here in an alleyway sitting in boxes. Hey, if you ever want to uh, guest on your show again. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, well, yeah, you, you, you probably use some more games to play, but yeah, no, it's all good. I'm I'm an an <laughs> uh, Dude, we can slap our e dicks together later and see which is bigger. Whoa, whoa, like... whoa, I just met you. <laughs> whoa. But either way, yeah, dude, I'd love but to have you, you guys all on. Drinks. Yeah, dude, like, you kind of fucked yourself <laughs> there. You signed a contract, dog. That's not really buying drinks. Uh, but anyway, we want to thank you guys again, and as always, this has been another fucking off-kilter PAX episode, and I think this is the last fucking thing that I have to fly or travel to, and I fucking luck be damned if I do Tokyo Game Show, but I don't know if my body will handle that. I'm going, uh, I'm leaving yeah, it's in like I, I'm, 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 I, I will report it online. I'm going to wedding I mean. first, and then I'm going out of Tokyo for so I'll be there for. Oh boy! Is that, is that paid or is it work or is it? The, 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 the Tokyo part is, is work, but um, I actually I went to school in Japan. In oh, okay, right on, yeah. And so I have like I have family and friends and stuff, so I'm going to a wedding 
first in Osaka and then heading to my, my only experience in Japan is going there for work. Uh, I worked for a law firm back in the day, I was PR. And um, my colleague taking me over to a doll brothel, and I didn't know what it was until it was until I realized what Wait, a, a doll <laughs> No, wait, did you take a katana yeah. with you? That's, I'm just wondering, is that oh, that's just racist. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I can imagine what you're talking about. Uh, yeah, no, I I've been to some yeah. some pretty pretty fun and interesting. I love places. honestly the one thing that I've retained about Japan, and I believe it was from New York, uh, that that apparently there are no microwaves in Japan. So like I've always thought like no, 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 no. how do they cook no, their no, pizza? No, there's no ovens. There's ovens. There's no ovens. Okay, but they there are. They don't cook Explain uh, Pizza Hut. Well, why would I go? <laughs> no, I, <laughs> Next thing you know, they got to tell me don't use the word schmucks. Game related, I actually went to a love hotel once, and they had an N64 in there, so we were playing like N64. Don't most hotels have like, all hotels have a 64 in them. I must go to the Nintendo Love Hotel, just saying. Oh, gotcha. And get smashed. Well, you know what? Even those shitty motels with the quarter-operated vibrating beds will have like the shitty 64 controllers with the 64 yeah, games built. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, like, at that point, like, that doesn't even surprise me all Rattling that much anymore. Really oh god, yeah. yeah. I think the first one we like <laughs> that we that was the Boston one that you're talking about, right? From yeah. like PAX East a few years back. I don't know. There was something about that controller that I remember. Anyway, fuck all y'all. Thanks for listening. PAX 2014 Prime. We're going to go ahead and compose. Drink some beer. Yeah. What Rob, Rob's already ahead of us. We're going to catch up. So fucking thank you guys again for listening. Subscribe, listen, and enjoy on iTunes, Stitcher, Skyder Radio, Spotify, coming up, SoundCloud, all that fun shit. Facebook. Uh, bit, bit, uh, Twitter, <laughs> all that cool shit. Extra, MySpace. Everybody, quickly, yell out your Twitter handle. Not at once. Yell out your Twitter handles. No, sorry. The DCD. Hikari. At Siraxer. At Solibon. S O U L I B O N. Yeah, he phonetically said his, so it's you like win. Soup. Uh, and then our our other guest, who's been like, very quiet. Yes. <laughs> no, no Twitter handles? At was... Delta J Ford. Ooh, I like that one. That one actually makes you sound like an adult. Like, Delta J Ford, fear me. Mine's Georgie Boy's Axe, which is a fucking the I same. Remember, I remember the first time you, you DM'd me. Oh like, god! Like, like, please follow me so I can DM you. And then I I I, I he replies back, and, and he's just I'm like. like, I'm like so you have asked your name, so you're gonna kill me or something? Is that why you're? No, 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 no. This is what you reply back. Is like you're not gonna try to sell me on Axe deodorant, oh, are you? I'm like, no, guys. It smells terrific. Do you still have that JPEG? I still have that JPEG that you made. Boy Zach said I made. Yes, I got. Oh, you know what? I'll retro scent. Yeah. I'm. I'm pretty sure I'll slap that at some point as show notes, and then. Yes. Uh, by the end of the night, I'm going to find that fucking butt article that Rob's been talking about all night, and that will be a show note for the fucking episode as well. Just say it's Kotaku butt.